0: Welcome to New Life Miami. And thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nlmiami.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are love. Today I'm gonna to share a message and um, I was gonna share some. I was going to share something different. As you guys know, maybe you don't, we're in a, a series called I Am 10. And um, as we get ready to celebrate our anniversary, we're breaking down 10 uh, memorable uh, messages that we at some point have have shared um, and have taught here at, at, at our church. But there was one that, that I had in mind, and I was reviewing it throughout the week. But it was so funny, you know. I, I, the more I kept looking over, I felt like God was kind of pushing me away from it. So I ended up... Um, aiming towards another message and that God kind of stirred in my heart. And it was a message that I preached some seven years ago. Obviously, some things have been changed and moved around, but yet the direction of the message is the same. And uh, the verses and the passages are are pretty much the same that I'm going to be covering. And um, if you're taking notes, which you should, I think the house of the Lord is the best place to take notes whenever God's people get together. How many of you could say amen to that? Um, It's titled this. It's called Carriers of Hope. Carriers of Hope. Go ahead and write that down. Carriers of Hope. Carriers of Hope. I remember this message seven years ago when I first shared it. Uh, I remember I spoke uh, of a story of, that happened to me right before I, I preached it. It's an interesting story. Um, it was in a time where tolls used to have people to work, that used to work them. Remember those moments when, when, when toll booths used to actually have people that worked it? So in 2010, there were still people working in toll booths, and I remember sharing this story that I went to a toll booth, and there was a, a lady there, and um, I don't know if, if you guys remember this story, but I started talking to her, and I said, no, God bless you, the Lord, and she got very upset at me, and she like, don't give me any of that, and, and, and she didn't want any hope that I had to give her. So I just left, and I said, all right, God bless you anyways, and, and I didn't fight with her. Now, that would be the, the un-Christian thing to do. I don't think when people had a difference with Jesus, he would be like, well, you know what? Let me tell you what I think about you. You know, I think there's a spirit behind that that we should we should flow with. So, so I remember that this woman was not happy when when I said God bless you, and um, and and I remember that when I shared that story, and it just reminded me that that the hope that we carry, um, not everybody's gonna want it. You know what I'm saying? And then not everyone is gonna agree with it and um, we need to understand that uh, we live in a moment where I think all of us here if you have a television or smartphone or just living and breathing you know that we're living in a moment that probably this, pl- this earth has never experienced on Wednesday I was, I was blessed to move around some of the things that we had intended to do on a Wednesday midweek service and what we did instead was I, I shared some scripture and something happened on Wednesday morning that I heard. I heard in the radio station a man being interviewed, not a Christian, not a believer. Um, and he was being interviewed about the time, about the weathers and the earthquake in Mexico and the hurricanes and everything that's been happening all around. And here is a man who is not a Bible believer. Here, here is a man who is uh, not a Christian, if you want to say that. Here's a man um, that, that doesn't maybe think the way we think at times or whatnot. But he said something that was so profound And um, I I don't know if he really understands what he's saying, but I hope that with what he's saying, he could get to the word of God and recognize that he has the answer for what he's saying. And one of the things that he was saying as they were interviewing him on the radio, he said, you know, in my lifetime, here's an older gentleman with so much experience who knows about weather patterns and all that. And he says this in his interview. He says, in my lifetime, I have never seen so many disastrous events so close to one another like they are today in my lifetime and that really struck a chord I said wow that sounds like something that Jesus says was gonna happen right <laughs> hallelujah and um, we came here on Wednesday and, and just shared a little bit about Scripture and what Jesus would say is gonna happen you know the Bible talks about a woman with birth pains and if you've ever been around a woman with birth pains it's, it's serious and about right, right when that is about to happen, um, you know when it's gonna happen. It's, like, it's not like, wow, how did that baby just come out? No, you experience some, oh, ah, ah, sometime at your house. <laughs> I remember my wife would hold on to the walls and just stop and just cringe. ah. Oh, And the Lord says, you know, in in the last days, you're going to experience some, ah, some birth pains. The earth is going to just, ah, show out. We're hurting. And from those birth pains, something's going to come out. The believer says something glorious is going to come out, right? So this is nothing new. Uh, Who knows what could happen tonight? Who knows what could be alerted right now on your phone? Who knows what could happen this week. But don't be surprised by the times. Um, they're just current birth pains. So, so there's hope for us. We live in a hope. But the beauty behind this is there's a world that's crying out for help. Just put on your news and you'll see it. And we have the ability to carry that hope and that help to people that are truly crying for it. We, we pray for deaf siblings. That's, that's rough. The earth is, is aching. And uh, we have an ability to, to bring forth hope in many regions in this world that maybe we didn't have just a couple weeks ago. Amen? Amen? These are glorious times. I know it sounds very weird to say that because these are open-door opportunities for us to preach Jesus. If there's anything that you could help me with, whatever, whatever you could share with me, just share it. I think people are more willing to hear, whether they agree with you or not, just whatever, if it, if it could help, just tell me what it is. And we're able to tell Jesus in a way that maybe we couldn't. And that's what these birth pains do. They open up the door for the gospel to be presented. Amen. 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 We are carriers of hope. Write that down in your notes just so you can remind yourself. We're carriers of hope. Even if people don't like it, you're a what? A yeah, you're a carrier of hope. You continue to carry hope and give out hope. And we speak Jesus because we recognize in Scripture, in our hearts, in our own testimony, that Jesus is the only hope. We mess around in my family and we can't answer your hope. If you're around us, Nancy holds a lot of people together. And, uh, and we just mess around with her and we say, we say yup, hope is here. And if hope is there, everything's fine because Nancy's the one that you know, people just go to. And uh, she gravitates, the people gravitate to her. So she, she's the hope. <laughs> so, so in that sense, we carry that in this world that, that, that stuff could just move to us. Like why does this stuff, you ever feel like, why does this stuff come to me? You ever been there? Why do people continue to bring their, pr- well, did you forget what you carried? Did you forget what was inside of you? Weren't you praying for that? Are you guys with me today? Weren't you praying for that? For that hope? And to give that to people and to be a testimony and a light to people? Well, they're going to come to you. They're going to be broken before you. They're going to call you for advice. They're going to they're gonna visit you. They're going to do those things because you're, you're a sign of hope for them because of the Christ that lives in you. I want to share a passage to start off with. Most likely I'll end with the same passage at some point. And it's in Titus chapter 2. Let's go to Titus Titus chapter 2. And we're going to read a a section of, of Paul's letter to one of his sons here in the Spirit. And I really want you to just to get the wordage of Paul. I'll read real quick from the NLT. And look what he says in verse 11. I'll just start off in verse 11. I was going to start off on verses 12 on to 15. But let's just start off on 11. It says, for the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. How many of you could say amen? Amen. Good. That there's a grace of God being revealed, bringing salvation to all people. I love that it says to all people. It's no longer Israel. It's no longer the Cubans in Hialeah or the the Nicaraguenses in the house, the Hondurans in the house, the Puerto Ricans in the house, the Dominicans in the house. It's not for, it's for all people. It's for all people. It's for the hurting Mexicans right now. It's for the hurting islanders in the Keys right now. It's for your hurting mother and your hurting father. It's for your hurting sibling. It's for your hurting spouse. It's for your hurting friend. I love that. That for the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to what? All people. It covers the whole world. It covers every people, every tribe, every dialect, everyone. It's all people. And we are instructed, okay? Check this out, guys, because we hold this, because we carry this, because salvation is in us, because hope now fills us. Guys, verse 12 is so important. Let's learn scripture, ready? And we are instructed to turn from. That's you know what turn from means there? It means repentance. You guys know that, right? Repentance is to turn from. So to turn from what? Turn away from, refrain from it, get away from what? Godless living and sinful pleasures. Turn from godless living and sinful pleasures turn from that because there's a salvation to the whole world and for the whole world so because there's salvation for the whole everything connects ready because there's a salvation for all the whole world you and i need to turn away from godlessness there's no time for that we're instructed from to turn from sinful pleasures so what everyone say what yeah, what now, right? Well then we should live, turn from sinful pleasures from godless living and turn to what? Well now live in, we now live in, watch this, ready? We should now, we should live in this evil world with what? Wisdom, righteousness, devotion to God. So so we now have a righteousness, we now have a wisdom, and we have a devotion to God. So as we are part of an evil world. We don't live as evil lives. We live in the midst of evil, but with wisdom. Yes. We live around us is unrighteousness, but we live with righteousness. We, we live among the undevoted, but we live devoted. You guys see that? We live in an evil world, but you and I do not partake in evil. I wonder why Paul is, I said this earlier, this was some 2,000 years ago, and Paul calls his world an evil world. If he were to be here today and write this, what would Paul call our world today if his world was evil then? He probably wouldn't even be able to name it. I mean, he would just be like, hell. <laughs> no, you're living in hell. I mean, I'm not, gonna, I'm not teaching that we're living in hell. Don't twist that. But, there is a real hell. This is not hell. Earth is not hell. And whoever teaches that is not true, okay? There is a real hell. But imagine what Paul would have said. Just this, we are instructed to turn from this lifestyle. And, and yes, we should live in this evil world. So, so I like this because as of right now, you're still here. So there's no way out of this, out of this evil world. So since you're in this evil world, live in it right with wisdom. With righteousness and devoted in presence and intimacy with God in devotion. Do that. Do that. And then he goes on to say this. All of that, those three important things, which hopefully you wrote down already. While, all of that, while we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. I was hoping for... At least four amens on that one. Waiting, one translation says, for our blessed hope. The appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. I mean, what is Paul saying? What is he? Here is the blessed hope. Here it is. It's it's not anything, I mean, my God. Obviously, don't lean on our government, don't lean necessarily on your friends, don't lean necessarily on your family, don't lean necessarily on your money, don't lean on anything that is just here momentarily, none of that. It doesn't come from any of that. If it's not from the Lord, it's going to always be false hope. True hope is only and fully Found in Jesus Christ. And Paul says, You're in an evil world. Today we could say, Yeah, with birth pains. And as it's evil and suffering from so many devastating acts of nature, we live in the midst of this with wisdom and with righteousness and with devotion because that lifestyle and what we hold is a salvation to everyone who we live before in this world. It's a salvation to all men, Paul says. He gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us and make us his very own people, totally committed to doing good deeds. You must teach, you must teach these things, and you see that? You must pour out, you must give these things to others and encourage the others, encourage believers to do them. What do you think I'm doing right now? Do these things. You Two are a carrier of hope. So get some hope and give some hope. Get some hope and give some hope. Look at the person next to you and say, get hope, give hope. Get some hope, give some hope. Because there's a hopeless world out there. There's a hurting world out there. How many of you could say true? Uh, Hebrews, uh, let's turn to Hebrews, study scripture a little bit today. Go to Hebrews with me for a moment. In chapter 10 uh, of Hebrews, I'll I'll start off in verse 32, okay? In chapter 10 of Hebrews, it's teaching us to be steadfast in our hope, strong in our hope. Basically, this is interesting, endure in our hope. How many of you have a hope in you, but in these days, in these days, that hope has become very difficult in your life. Scripture teaches us that, that in the last days, even many will fall away from the faith. So because of that truth, you better guard that hope and build that hope up and feed that animal so it could grow. Don't, in the moments of when you feel like that, don't stop feeding it because eventually whatever you stop feeding, it dies. Give that hope the nutrients and the food you once gave it. Let's read Hebrews and see what the author of Hebrews says. Verse 32, it says this. You know, I think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. How many of you remember that? Those early days? When you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful, even though it meant terrible suffering. Here's Paul talking to a suffering, persecuted people, right? um, Not Paul, the author of Hebrews talking to a, Suffering, persecuted people. The author of Hebrews. And sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule, and you were beaten. And sometimes you helped others who were suffering. The same. How cool is that? Sometimes you were beat up. Sometimes you were helping others. Sometimes they were whipping your behind. Other times you were helping other people. That's crazy. Sometimes you you received the rod. Other times you were taking the rod from someone else. You were helping someone. This. And then he goes on and, and he says, You were exposed to public ridicule, obedience. Sometimes you helped others while they were suffering the same things, and the same things as you are suffering. And you suffered along with those who were thrown into jail. And when all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. You knew there were better things. Oh, oh man, They that, see, that's, that's good. You, you knew there were better things. I wonder if, if some of you guys here are so stuck on, on, on earth that you forgot that, Oh, my goodness, wait, there's better things. There's better things awaiting you for you. That will what? Yeah. Do you understand that whatever it is you're confronted with right now, it doesn't last forever because there's a, a a hope that is there. It's the birth pangs show us it's here, it's coming, it's 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 evident, it's it's truthful. And 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 here is the author of Hebrews. And 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 what he's telling us is amazing. He says he says you were thrown in all these things. You accepted all these things. And, and you accepted it with joy. But, but you knew that there were better things that are waiting for you that will last forever. So, so look at verse 35. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Don't do it now because there's hope for you in the future. Don't do it now. It's not worth it. Continue to carry your hope. Continue to hold on to your hope. Don't think about letting go of it now because there's a hope that awaits you. There's a hope that's there. Don't throw away this hope. Don't throw away what the NLT calls this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now. So that you will continue to do God's will. And then you will receive all that he promised then you will receive all of his what? Promise. Promise, all of the hope. The Amplified Bible says it this way. For you have need of steadfast patience and endurance so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God. Perform and fully accomplish. Our walk with Christ actually calls us to perform and accomplish. Not sit back and hide or... Sit back and stay quiet, but perform and accomplish. Oh, times are tough. Get out of the house and go serve someone. I'm so blessed to be part of a church that when the hurricane came, one after another, we're going to people's homes and sending out text messages and helping build stuff and helping secure stuff, taking shutters up, putting up, putting them down. And I would get texts, hey, you never guess who came to. Mind. Hey, and I was just like, wow, this stuff is happening. Without ever even really planning it. People just started to rise up. Perform and what? Accomplish the perfect will. Continue. Look what he says. Continue to do God's will. And then you will receive all that He has promised. Continue. Continue in this hope. Because there is a, a, a receiving of, of there's a receiving in, of hope and, and enjoy this to the, to the fullness because, because something is promised to the believer. Something is promised. In our church, we've done this many times, and we've spoken very freely here. We're not scared to talk about this kind of stuff here. We've spoken many times about a, 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 a moment in our, in our, it's weird to say it, right, in our lives, but yet outside of our time, so it's kind of awkward. But there's going to be a moment that every person that's, that's ever lived will, will experience something called the great white throne judgment. And we speak about that freely here because, because the believer is not scared of that day. And we talk a lot about the great white throne judgment that is found in the book of Revelation. There's going to be a day that many will stand, all will stand before God on the great white throne. And it's going to be a reality to all people. I listened to an amazing podcast of one of the author that I love. And he has a podcast and sometimes I send it to some of you guys whenever he interviews someone. And um, lately he's just been, uh, you could tell he's doing it on purpose. He's been interviewing some um, atheists, agnostics, and just kind of getting things out. It's, it's just been real fun to be listening to these interviews. But every time I hear one of these things, you know, it moves my heart because a lot of times they contradict themselves or they're not even sure what they're saying. And, and uh, Eric Metaxas always seems to kind of catch them in those moments where, they, you know, you just said this, but you've said, <laughs> it's awesome. But every single one of these Every single one of our family members, every single person, we, we, they stand before a great white throne and it's going to be a reality to all people. So I started thinking about that again coming into this week and, and, and preaching this message. And I said, you know, what I just shared with you a few minutes ago, I could be so set, I, I could be so set on my own earthly life that I forget before whom I will stand before one day. That, that's going to be, listen to this, the great white throne. For some people, that sounds good. For some people, that sounds scary. It's going to be a great, a great location, a great place. I mean, can you imagine the throne of God? It's going to be a great moment in eternity. Before such a, I guess the best way of saying this, right, is before a great God. It's going to be great. Everything about it is going to be just great. But you know, when when you really study Revelation you recognize for so many people for so many not a little bit but for so so many people that day is going to be a horrible day that day is going to be a very painful day that, that day that day is going to be a, a, a day where, where many, man, many men will be displaced from the presence of God forever but for the sons for the daughters of God scripture teaches us that These judgments are, for us, a great day. A great day for the sons and daughters. It's a great day for us. The day that you stand before God, if you're a believer, should be a great day. If you have a father, it should be a great thing to stand before. Whenever I can stand before my father, because of what God's done there, it's a great moment to stand before my father. It's a great moment. Because... My father and I have a relationship of father and son. So it's a great moment. You know, when I'm before my father, even when I wrong him, I don't ever have to worry about my father raising his hand at me. I tend to, to nail Jackson every once in a while when he's not up to his best. And when I say nail, I'm not talking about abuse him. I just discipline him. And my father's against it. And that's okay. We have differences. He said, i never raised a hand on you. <laughs> and I said, I know that. I don't remember you ever hitting me. But today, you know, today my son... And father relationship I could wrong him I could maybe even wrong my wife and he could see me do it and I don't think he'll raise a hand at me to hurt me or to kill me or to throw me off I have a relationship as son to father that I could stand before my father and whatever might be because of my devotion to father I could stand before him and anytime I could stand before my pop it's a great day I could have a great day standing before I'm wondering if we have that spiritually with our father is it a great day that day you stand before your God, before your Father? Before you're His presence, in His presence, will you say, Pop! Pop! Yahweh, Father, Dada, Pop! Will it will be a great day. I mean, I'm waiting for that day. Calm already. Great day, great day. It's going to be a great day. How many of you will it be a great day? But we see that there are many that it will be a hopeless day. Let me ask you a question. Right when I said that it should have moved your heart. Because for many, the day that's going to be great for you, for many, it's going to be a hopeless and a horrific day. Can I ask you a very serious question? What are you going to do about it? If your answer is, well, nothing. Nothing you're wrong you should do something you should live out your salvation with fear and trembling you should carry hope to those that you know personally have no hope how many of you can say amen Amen. it's a great day but not for many we see many will be left hopeless without hope on that day and Revelation let, let, Revelation chapter 20 is what I'm talking about. If you're taking notes, you're like, where's that at? Where's that at? What are you talking about? Revelation chapter 20 is, uh, is where I'm talking about the final judgment. It starts on verse 11 on. I guess I'll read it fast, but I really want to focus on verse 13. And I saw verse 11, chapter 20, verse 11, Revelation. It's the last book of the Bible. Take notes. Revelation 20, 11. Read all of it, 11 through 15 if you want. And here is John. He says, and I saw a great white throne and one sitting on it. Did you see what, what John described it? I saw a great White throne. It was a great day. I saw a great white throne and one sitting on it. The earth and sky fled from his presence. And they found no place to hide. I love that, right? His presence exposes all things, reveals all things. And I saw the dead, both great and small. I love that. Everyone is before him, both great and small. You could put everyone you think and know in that mix. Standing before God's throne and the books were opened. Pretty cool books in his throne, including the book of life. That's the one that I'm in. It's the one that I'm in. I'm in that book. He used some amazing ink, too. It's his blood. Let's keep going. Man, you guys are rough. (laughs) And the dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. You know the books. You know the books. There's one book. And there's many books in it, many letters in it. It says this, then then the death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. Not so great. Not good. Lake of fire, I can't picture one thing that's good about that right now. But this lake of fire, it's the second death. It's, It's the last death there. And anyone whose name was not recorded in the book of life, they were thrown into that lake of fire. Where's your name at? Where's your name at? What book? Then it's a great day. It's a great day for the believer. It's a hopeful day. That day. Where's your name written at? But, but we see there, there are many that, that aren't. They gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up all the dead and were in them. And they were judged, each one according to all that they had done. And when I read verse 13, I recognize something. Oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. Verse 13 is revealing to me that there are a people that are living on this earth that are still hopeless. What does hopeless mean? They're not able to receive this. They're not getting it. They're not learning. They're not accepting it. They're not acting on this. They're not performing on this. They're not working in this, they're inadequate for the purpose that God has for them, they're not receiving that in them God can make them, God can do this, in them they're feeling that there's despair in them, there's something about them there's incompetence in them, they're not receiving the the goodness of the Lord And, and here I am, my name is written in the book, so I'm called to carry this truth into this world into the lives of those that are actually defined in verse 13 which their names are missing in the book and I need to carry hope to these people's lives, especially in in the days that we're living on this earth, that the more that the earth groans with pain because it's about to give birth, there is a bride that is standing remnant that is filled with white robes, that is burning with eyes of fire and declaring the justices and truth of the living God. Even if it persecutes you, throws you in jail, whatever it might do, do what you want, cut what you want, slice what you want, arrest what you want. But this soul, but this heart, but this mind is set on my hope that is on the way. We need to be hope in a hopeless world. We are carriers of hope. There's a people in verse 13 that are the people that are very close to us and we're carriers of hope. What is hope? The feeling that what is wanted can be had. It's, it's that Hebrews 11.1. 1. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's that right there, that these events, everything is going to turn out for the best. Another earthquake might come. Another hurricane might come. Another shooting might happen. Another attack might happen. Another whatever it might be. But I'll tell you what. I promise you this, that there is a hope and Every event that happens, it's going to work out for the best because there's a hope that is on its way. The birth is aching, the earth is aching, the earth is screaming, the earth is crying. But the bride is rejoicing because we have a message to save the lost and the hopeless carriers of hope. (laughs) Carriers of hope. I'm a son. Say that. I'm a son. Daughters, you could say daughters to not feel weird. I don't have to dress in darkness or partake in what others partake in order to carry hope into their lives, huh? It's very easy to be discouraged or swayed into conforming our lives to this world when trying to win it. I'm guessing that's why Paul says in Romans chapter 12 to the church, never conform but be transformed. Don't be conformed to this world but transformed to the renewing of your mind. There, what is Paul telling the church? What is he telling us today, years later, that we are living, we're living a call? Everyone say, I'm living a call. I'm called. I'm called. I'm called. I'm living a call. How many of you really feel you're called? If not, we'll have an altar call to, to make your call in your election sure. That's, that's serious. We want to make sure you're on the book. you call calling your election. How many of you know you're called? Good. So, what are we called to? We're called to live a life of transformation, not a life to be conformed to the patterns of this world, that our hearts, our minds, that the core of our being is being transformed into a greater glory, huh? Awaiting what is promised to us, exactly what we just read moments earlier. What is promised to us? Our blessed hope is promised to us. we, We are different and we carry hope. We look for opportunities in which the Lord might present to us where hope can be given. Try not to lose or miss those moments, which God might give you as a gift to say, speak hope into this mess. Serve, serve hope into this mess. Don't lose those moments. Hope. How many can say amen? Hope. They can be what changes your life forever and changes someone else's life. Some of you guys maybe haven't fully received the transformation because, man, just learn how to serve in that hope. And some of your service unto the Lord will bring forth to understand what the will of God is in your life. You know, I want to know what God's will in my life. Well, how have you served? them? I haven't really served them yet. Well, start serving people. And you're going to see what the will of God is in your life. Start serving. Because anyone who doesn't serve is going to struggle in finding God's will in their lives. Serve hope. Well, to who? To everyone needs hope. Shoot, I carry hope and I need hope every day of my life. Serve hope to others. Because all of us, if Christ is in us, we carry hope. And, and you, know why, you know why you don't have to partake in what others partake in? Because they see you, like I said, they see you different. What do I mean by they see you different? Have you noticed when you're around a crowd, I'm hoping, I'm hoping. But have you noticed when you're around a crowd, your words are different? Your words are actually wiser. Because you know that you're allowed to have wisdom. Do you know you're allowed to have wisdom? Do you know you're allowed to have knowledge? Do you know you're allowed to have understanding? The Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. You want to start having wisdom, start fearing the Lord, living in reverence for God. You want to start having understanding, start living in the reverence of God. You want to start having knowledge, start living under the man. So they see you different. Your words are different. You're wiser. What does that mean? You carry more weight. Have you noticed that when when you walk into a room or what your thoughts are about a certain issue, carry more weight? That's because you carry more glory. When you walk into a room and what your words matter, watch out. That's because people see glory in you. People see a touch of heaven in you. I want to know what she says. I want to know what he says. We... That's us. So, so because of that, when you walk into that room, be very careful what you say, what you do, what you don't say, what you don't do. It's not only about what you do. It's also, it's not only, you know, sin is not only commission. Sin is also omission, what you don't do. Come on. This is good. I think this is good Bible teaching. I, mean, I don't know. I think it's good, but they see Christ in us and how we serve them, how we listen to them, how we advise them, not because you're like them. The the reason why others go to you, like I shared about my wife, right? The reason why others go to you is because you're not like them. So they go to you because they need something and someone different. So what's the difference? Hopefully you could say this to I got it, it's hope. I carry hope that the hopeless does not carry. So be set apart, be holy. And I promise you that if you if you're set apart and holy, that's how you win the world. Not by being like the world. That's how you confuse the world. Be set apart. Be holy. Win the world. Win the world. Don't confuse people more than they already are confused. There's so many crazy people out there confusing them. Everyone thought the world was going to end on the 23rd. I looked at it as a possibility. It didn't happen. You know what? I'm not devastated about it. First off, the Bible, is no way it could teach that it's going to end the 23rd. There's so much more that has to happen before the 23rd. But was the rapture going to happen on the 23rd? Who cares? Whether it came yesterday, I'm, we're all here. There's a lot of people missing. I'm worried. Did it come? <laughs> it didn't come, right? Good. So I feel I'm like, hey, it came on 23rd. I don't know, maybe that guy was right. But I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm crazy like that, so I started researching it and I even sent a bunch of stuff to Lou and Lou back to me and look what I found, look what we did. And but at the end of the day, we wake up the next day like, look my wife, she's still there, we're all here. Let's keep being hope. We don't know the time or the hour or the moment, but it's coming. The birth pangs are there. The earth is screaming. It's coming. Don't confuse people more than they already are about Christ and our faith. I guess the best thing to tell you is this. If you long to be like anyone, let it be like Christ. Amen. Let it be like Christ. Scripture tells us what? Romans 1, 1 6. Romans 1.16. I mean, it's such a famous verse. What does, what does Paul tell us through Scripture there? It says that, that being unashamed of the gospel of Christ is where the power of salvation is found. Being unashamed of the gospel of Christ. I don't have to be like you. Man, you don't know the stress that I have in my life for trying to be like people. The reality is I'm going to continue to live stressed. I'm not called to live like people. I don't have to live like you. I don't have to be like you. Our main objective and goal is I need to live and be like Christ. That's it. And I hope that's what you're seeing today, because be, and be unashamed of that, because that right there, that gospel of Christ brings forth power to all salvation. How many of you can say amen? amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. I feel like God is moving through this. I'm going to skip my next verses, but I will tell you what happened just so that way I could get the point across. And if you want to take notes, study it, but I'm going to skip it because I'm going to end soon. Here it is. In Galatians um, chapter 2, write this down in your notes. I'm not going to get into it because I feel like God says you're done. You made your point. Keep going. But in Galatians chapter 2, if you want, when you get home, read all of it. But read verses 11 through 14 specifically is where I was going to go today. And um, you've heard me share this before here. It's a problem that Paul had with Peter. And it's an amazing problem because Peter was being a, a hypocrite. And, and it stinks because I'm going to see him one day and he turns like, yo, I heard you. Okay, but... But, like, Peter was amongst, amongst, amongst Gentiles, people that are not Jews. He was acting like them, eating like them, right, being like them, dressing like them. get it. You get it. And then a the whole bunch of Jewish brethren came. And then Peter was like, oh, snap, I got to get out. And then he started to be like the Jews. Oh, I'm a Jewish like you. Oh, yo. yeah, cool. And he started to do what they did. And, oh, yeah, those Gentiles. are. And Paul, Paul was a little upset because one of his spiritual sons, right, started to kind of walk away from the Lord because he got confused with Peter's lifestyle. And he was really hindered. And he was really, I mean, obviously Barnabas had a lot of immaturity in his life to be affected by Peter's life, but we get it. People's actions affect us that sometimes cause us to take our eyes off Christ. Whatever. So, so then what happened there was Paul was so upset, so he said, I'm going to write a letter because if my son in the spirit backslid because of this guy, I'm going to tell the whole church that he lived wrong before that he was wrong, and then I'm not going to be a hypocrite about it. When I see him in Jerusalem, I'm going to confront him in his face what he did wrong. I love it. Thank God, Paul, you're not here because my God, let me talk to you about Regal. <laughs> shoot. Oh, shoot. Paul, have mercy, all right, so he confronts them, and, and it's, an, it's a beautiful moment, as that we, I mean, we get to see a disagreement in scripture between two brethren, how they worked it out, I love that, I love that brethren, and I'm sistering, I'm talking about y'all too, that could work things out, <laughs> that could walk, work things out, <laughs> you know what I mean, all right, here we go, so, so, So it brought forth this life, this is what he was doing, hypocrisy, confusion. It caused a brother, like I said, faith. And, 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 And I'm telling you, man, we need to be very careful, like Peter, right, wasn't at that moment of his life, to be that hope. Because look what happened in Peter's life and what he caused. You guys get what I'm trying to say about that story? Don't be like them. Be like him. And that would have solved Peter a whole issue of problems. It would have solved us preaching about him today. All right, let's keep going. So... I'm having a fun time in the Word of God. I feel like today's more of... Okay, so let's look at David's life in a moment. I'm going to end probably in about... Who cares? Um, let's look at David's life. In a moment of his life, maybe many of us can relate to him. You know, it's, it's not my fault. The Holy Spirit interrupted worship. So, so I'm going to preach the word that God gave me. <laughs> Thank God we didn't... No, actually... They God we didn't interrupt, right? Actually, what he was doing, so that's the real way of saying it, but we could joke around. All right, let's look at, at David's life in a moment, uh, in a moment of David's life here. Maybe we could relate to David. Go to Psalm 43. Actually, let me turn to it. Go to Psalm 43 with me when you're there. Give me an amen. You're going to like this Psalm, actually. Um, Psalm 43. If you open up your Bible right to the middle, you'll find it most likely. Psalm chapter 43. Give me an amen once you're there. All right, let's go. Let's fly through verses 1 to 5. You tell me what he's feeling. You with me? Look at look at David in a moment of his life. David went through a lot of stuff, man. It says this, "Declare me innocent, oh God, defend me against these ungodly people, rescue me from these unjust liars, for you are God, my only safe haven." Why have you tossed me aside? Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? Send out your light and your truth. Let them guide me. Let them lead me to your holy mountain. That's a place of devotion. To the place where you live. There I will go to the altar of God. To God, the source of all of my joy. So good. And I will praise you with my heart. Take me there and I promise you, I'm going to praise you with my heart. I will praise you with my harp, O oh God, and with my God. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my, there it is. There it is. There it is, David. Keep on talking, David. Keep on talking. Because you know that the more you talk, the more you reveal about yourself. Come on, David. Keep on talking. Keep on letting it all out. Because what you're going to do is, as you're talking all the garbage, you're going to recognize, why is my soul faint? Why is my heart not right? Why are things going on? Why, why, why? Why am I? Oh, I know I need to put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. I moved from praising. My hope, I, I see what happened there. I get it now. Hope again in God. For I shall praise him, my salvation in my God. Why am I so cast down? Oh, I love it. He just rambles on and then he answers his ramble. Oh, that's what's wrong with me. It's not about that. It's about me and God. That's my issue. Guys, 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 get it right. Get your hope right. You with me? Get your hope right. Get your hope right. You know, Job, very relative to David, is in a crucial time of his life. And he asks this question Where then is my hope? <laughs> Come on, keep talking, Job. Let it out. 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 Where is my hope? As for my hope, who can see it? Who could ever find my hope? Where is it? I don't see it anywhere. My, my wife is telling me to curse God. My three best friends who are manly God are actually a mess too. They're not telling me to give me good advice. Where's my hope? I can't find it. And Job is just a mess. He's here at such a dark place. And at this moment, he says that his hope, he goes on. I don't have time to read all of the passage of Job chapter 17. But in verse 15, he gave us a little bit of what's going on in his heart. Job 17, 15. And he goes on to read. And and Job goes on to say that I'm in a dark place at this moment of my life. You're there. You're in a dark place, huh? And he says that that this hope, look 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 what Job says. My hope will go down to the grave with me. And there I will rest together with it. He's basically saying, I'm going to die and so is my hope. No, no, the word of God says hope never dies. And here's Job saying, I'm just going to die with my hope. I'm going to be buried in the grave with it. I guess there's no more. Who knows where my hope, who can find it? I'm just going to be buried with this so-called hope. My hope dies with me. I feel hopeless. Everything around me seems hopeless. And he even goes on to say, I can't even find a wise man among me. You know why? Because Job, it's not about the wise people around you. Job, it's about you getting your hope back with God. Come on. I'm preaching to myself today. I wish you guys knew how much I'm preaching to myself today. I wish you guys knew. Titus 2.13, we're waiting for our blessed hope. Are you really waiting for your blessed hope? Man, this word is heavy today, my heart. Are you really waiting for the appearance of the glory of your great God and Savior Jesus Christ? Ask Nancy what I was doing last night. Just in case September 23rd was really going to happen. <laughs> My friend called me, have you seen the moon? This is, truth. This is weird stuff, right? Just, just, we're human. Have you seen the moon today? My friend calls me to tell me this stuff on the way home. Have you seen the moon today? I was like, why? <laughs> Brother, it's apocalyptic. What? You got to see it. It's the str- I'm going to pull over it from the turnpike, and I'm going to take a picture of it. What? <laughs> He's coming. <laughs> I open the door, my, my wife shows up, she took Jackson to the movie, so I, I open the door, and I'm outside my house on the phone. Where is it? Okay, which way are you going? I'm going south. Okay, so where is it? It's, it's southwest um, of where I'm at. I'm looking at it right now, so I go outside, okay. All right, I'm southwest. I can't see it. Where is it? He's like, bro, you, I, I'll take a picture. I gotta show. I was like, where? And I'm looking at the stars. I'm like, where's the constellation that's supposed to be the, bride, the woman in the room? And I'm looking at i was like, is he coming or what? I mean, I just, weird, man. I'm thinking that brides are weird like that when they know that their wedding day is coming. I'm just thinking that well, I hope you were like that. I know Claudia was for Rudy. <laughs> is everything set? Is the table there? Is, the t- is, it coming? is God, It's coming. guys coming. It's going to trade here. It's next week. And I was like a bride in my front yard looking like a fool southwest to see the sun, to see the moon, to see if I could see if Jesus was finally going to come on September 23rd. (laughs) So dumb. (laughs) So dumb. But that's, I'm glad I have that. I'm glad I have that. Because I'm awaiting him. Because I, Listen, I'm a mess up. I'm a screw, don't get, and that's probably why I'm awaiting him so much. Just come ready so you can make me right once and for all. I'm awaiting him. You know why I'm awaiting him? Because he's my blessed hope. I'm a bride waiting for her beloved. And when my friend calls and says, the moon looks apocalyptic today, and people are giving me rumors of September 23rd rapture dates. Don't get me wrong; it's not like I believe them, but but I'm human, just like you're human. So I said, "What if? What if? So cool. What if? Man, can we just stay till four today?" Hallelujah, Jesus. The Greek word for hope, it's as if Job was saying, in the Greek phrase, it's like if he's saying, there's many phrases, but where's my faith? Where's my confidence? Where's my expectation of joy? It's like if he's saying, where's my salvation? Do you have the answer to those questions? Or are you like Job in the rocks right now? Where's my salvation? Where's my confidence? Where's my expectation? Come on, you need hope today, amen? You carrier of hope, you. People have called you a lot of bad things in your life. But today we call you you carrier of hope. And in such a moment, like today in the times that we live in today, we could look at what Psalm 121 says. Can I read Psalm 121? It's such a a famous passage, but why not? Let's just read it again. Psalm 121. In such a moment like what we're talking about, such a time like today, I could open up my Bible at any time, even surf it on my phone, and just constantly remind myself on Psalm 121. Some of you guys already know what it is. But, but I want to take this, though it was for Israel, I kinda wanna take it for myself today. I wanna say, Israel, I know you've carried this word for you and, and stuff like that, but I just, wanna sh- I just wanna put it in my heart today for myself. So I'm gonna take the name Israel and I'm just gonna put myself in Israel's place. And, and look what the psalmist says, I look up to the mountain. That's where, where my hope comes from. My hope comes from the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. He will not let you stumble one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he watches over all of Regal. He never slumbers or never sleeps. The Lord himself watches over me. The Lord himself watches over me. Isn't that beautiful? The Lord stands beside me as my protective shade. The sun will not harm me by day nor the moon by night. The Lord keeps me from all harm. And he watches over my life. The Lord keeps watch over me as I come and go. And man, do I come and go. Man, do I come and go. The Lord watches over me. You know when he watches over me? Both now and forever. You know why forever? Because blessed hope. Peers into eternity pours into eternity forever that's my chapter it's my song for today there's a hope that comes from the lord and we have that hope and we carry that hope into this world and i'm going to skip my next point because i think we're done and i don't know who said this some of it's corny but some of it's good but i'm guessing it was some sort of theologian or pastor but it's cool. It's long, but it's cool. It says this. The best one to reach a lost farmer is another farmer. The best one to reach a lost mom is another mom. A lost teacher, a teacher, a lost soccer player, a soccer player. How about a lost businessman? It will take a businessman and so on. But so many people die without ever knowing what Jesus could have done for them. They die without a chance at heaven because a Christian, Close to them, never told them what they knew. That is death sentence by silence. You may stand with me today. Son and daughters, carriers of hope. Amen. Let's pray. We're good. Let's pray. Lord, I I thank you for this. I thank you for this church, for those that are here today. Thank you for the word that you shared to us today. My blessed hope. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I... We come before you asking you just to fill us, asking, strengthen us that we would not lose our hope, that, Lord God, we will get our hope together. If not, make things right with it and just be carriers of it, Lord, in the midst of this world and what it's going through. Just pour it into anyone's life that might need it make us uh, sensitive and equipped so that when the door is open, when the opportunity arises, when, when the time is set, that we would be wisdom in an unwise situation, that we would be righteousness in unrighteousness, that we would be devotion to God in a, in a place where there is undevotion. Let us be carriers of hope in whatever spaces we occupy. And teach us, Lord. Teach us, Lord. To say it or to not say it. To live out and to act a certain way or to not do anything. Just teach us, Lord. So we give you our hearts today. We give you our lives. We give you our minds, our souls. We give you our all today. And we ask that you would strengthen every person that's here today. And that they would be just that. That they would be a carrier of hope that they would live out the hope that has been poured into them. Let us have an awesome Sunday. Let us have an amazing week ahead of us. Carry this hope where we go. Bless those that didn't make it today. They missed out on such an amazing time. Be with them wherever they're at. Visit them and speak a word into their hearts. And uh, we just love you, Lord we thank you for this opportunity we truly thank you for worship I I thank you because you did something at least in me in worship and that's good because I needed it I needed hope today just to preach this message of hope so thank you Lord for your goodness thank you for your grace for your mercy Lord and uh, let's just leave here filled with hope filled with joy and uh, let's have just a wonderful day Lord We love you. Lord, we praise you today. In Jesus' name. Together we say, amen. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah.